0: Hi everyone, welcome to the Preferences and References podcast, this is your host, the letter Z, Alex. I'm very excited for this episode. Um, as you might be able to tell from my voice and from the episode itself, uh, we had a chance to sit down with Galeano Tiramani, the founder of Boxable, an uh, amazing company that's changing the way the world is thinking about the production of homes and prefabbed manufactured homes. It's really really amazing Uh, we have some links in the description that we encourage you to check either before or after either way it's gonna be uh, some that will send you to their YouTube social um, profiles and you'll get a chance to if you want to invest in this company while you still have a chance I recommend you do so it's gonna be uh, a company that will change the world the way Amazon and Tesla did it's really really amazing and well we had a great uh, chance to sit down and talk to the founder himself about the company and answer some burning questions. So we really do hope you enjoy this episode. If there's anything you feel you'd want to know more about this company, perhaps there again, the description will have some links to their website and their socials. So you can definitely do that. And uh, as of now, I really hope you enjoy this episode. We did our best to not take too much of his time, but at the same time ask the questions that we think, Many listeners might be asking themselves as they hear about this company. So, without further ado, please enjoy this episode, and reach out to us if you have any questions or comments for future episodes. Thank you. All right, so we're in conversation with Galliano, the founder, founder of Voxable. So, we're very glad to have you with us, um, and obviously, we have uh, Void Demonic with us, as always we are very glad that we had a chance to talk to you and we appreciate your time. So to roll right into it, uh, for those that don't know what Boxable is, would you be okay with explaining um, what Boxable is and uh, your role in the company, Galliano?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So thank you very much for having me on your show. My name is Galliano Tiramani. I'm one of the founders of Boxable. Uh, our mission is to make housing uh, dramatically more affordable for the entire world. And we hope to achieve that by making housing compatible with the assembly line. So we want to build houses in the factory. Uh, to date, uh, that hasn't really worked too well for, for a number of reasons. So one thing people notice when they go to our website or see our videos is that our houses fold up. Um, that's what's catching everyone's attention. The house folds up from 20 feet down to 8 feet. So we're trying to uh, mass produce housing on a scale that's never been done before and hopefully have a huge impact.
0: Amazing. Uh, I know we had a couple of conversations before we had you on in previous episodes. I'm sure listeners are aware of the fact that we talk very highly of the potential change and the way it would revolutionize the world. Um, Boyd, you had a question you, you wanted to ask. I don't want to step on your toes, so I'll let you ask. Thanks.
2: So. My question for you, then, um, is: so this obviously has a vision to uh, reinvigorate how the housing crisis is being addressed, right? Uh, some some locations are just not not capable of supporting that the population, and yet your guys' goal, from what I'm hearing, is: hey, we're gonna we have this project that's gonna resolve essentially all um, problems. And one of the things I I've you know after doing some research on your guys's uh, platform is, uh, it is considerably a lot smaller, but yet a lot more efficient in terms of, uh, of what the space design is. And I know you guys have a, a current model out right now, uh, probably want to describe more about that, that model in particular.
1: Yeah, so the initial product we're going out with is the smallest room module in our system. We plan in the future to mass produce different room modules in different sizes that would stack and connect to build every type of building on the planet. So, a pretty grand vision. But we are starting out with this small room module. So, it's 20 feet by 20 feet. It has nine and a half foot high ceilings. It comes with a, a kitchen, bathroom, and then you add a bed and a couch, and you have a little studio apartment. The idea was to target California initially because they have the worst housing problems, and they also have these very friendly laws towards accessory dwelling units, which are little backyard cottages. Uh, essentially their idea is let's increase uh, density by allowing people to build buildings in their backyard because that's the land that's available. So uh, just a big growing market and, and a nice uh, place to start with kind of a lower barrier to entry for, for us to get up and running. And you know, since we announced the, the, the Casita product, We've just gotten an incredible amount of interest like that we never expected like totally off the chart so it's been really great
3: so just real quick um with your boxables like when i've, I've seen a few of them i've seen the some of your videos too as well uh i really really like the concept it's pretty cool um now my Thank question you. is though is it um like the tiny houses you know how people sometimes build Houses on trailers or stuff like that, that it's actually mobile that they can move it around. Is yours like require a foundation to, you know, to be stationary or is it also a mobile home or not, or not mobile home exactly, you know, but can you like transport
1: it? So our houses are intended to be permanent buildings. They exceed all the code requirements for traditional buildings. Uh, In fact, they have better energy efficiency, fire resistance, wind resistance, water resistance than traditional buildings. But, you know, by the nature of them, they are kind of portable and and relocatable. You actually don't really need anything. You can just unfold it in your backyard on the grass or in your driveway or on some wood blocks, and it's good to go. Uh, However, in most cases, people will permanently affix it to a foundation so that they can get a local building permit and probably uh, uh, a mortgage type financing as well. We do actually have a plan to them on trailers and permanently affix them to trailers and the reason we want to do that at some point in the future is so that we can fall under the rv code um, the rv code will uh kind of open it up and and create a, a, a um, uh, less friction for the customers be, be, because of uh, for a couple reasons one uh, rv uh, financing is really good they will give you like a 25-year loan with a credit check only On RVs. So that's much less burdensome than a a traditional mortgage. Additionally, you can put it in more places because, for example, I live here in Las Vegas. I can't build a building in my backyard, but I can park an RV in my backyard. So this is going to allow people to just get these things quick with easy financing, uh, roll them into their backyard, unfold them, plug them in with an extension cord, plug them in with a hose, and then they're up and running. And that's like way less of an ordeal than a permanent building so there's lots of different use cases for this and we're trying to just make everything easy and reduce these friction points
3: now if i could just play on a little bit more on what you said so if i were to order a boxable um does that include people to come install it for me or is it more of a diy kind of situation how is uh how how would that play out
1: what boxable plans to just be a, a room module manufacturer and will be really good at at mass producing these buildings uh what we're providing is really like a 90% complete building where all the heavy lifting is done but you know there is some site work involved you know as i mentioned and that is it's a kind of a custom nature so in a lot of cases we're going to partner our uh, end users with local contractors who can get the permits uh, build the foundation connect the utilities uh Maybe they want to add a driveway and some bushes, all that kind of stuff. And we think that you know these builders and contractors who mostly are just doing traditional building are gonna love our product because it's gonna speed up their build time and reduce their costs and allow them to sell a much higher quality product. So what we want to do is convert all these site builders who are out there right now with a hammer and nails and pieces of wood and convert them into using our product because it's a better option for them.
3: That's cool. So also, um... Okay, I just bought a boxable, right? I put it in my backyard. I'm loving it. You know, it's like the best thing ever that I invest in. Instead of a little shed, uh, I can put my family, whoever I want in there, like a little guest house. Now, if I sold my home, how, like, is the boxable able to be torn down and, like, relocated? Or it's pretty much once you build it up, it's pretty much a fixed thing and it's you can no longer take it down.
1: Well, certainly you can set it up. Fold it up, move it, set it up again, fold it up, move it. That's totally possible within our system. And we've done that many times. However, you know, likely if you uh, spent the extra money to create the foundation utilities hookup, you wouldn't necessarily want to leave that behind. It would also contribute to the appraised value of the house. So it would be a case by case basis. And, you know, we're offering this building system, and there's many, many different things that you can do with it. And, um, you know, I'm sure people are going to be taking them with them for sure.
0: I think it's really cool. Cause, uh, I was just in the process, got into the housing, uh, market looking for what we could, uh, afford for our first home. We ran into the situation where all the houses were severely overpriced for being built in 19, you know, 13, 1915, 1925. I'm like, wow, man, almost 400, $400,000. You might as well just buy a couple acres of land and you know, even go through the, even going through the whole uh, permits uh, process and getting contractors, it still comes out way more affordable. It, it's, what, if I may ask, what motivated you to create the company? Because um, I know there's a demand, there's a need, and it, it just seems like you hit the perfect stride, because there's houses in California that are being 3D uh, printed, houses that are being prefabricated. But this really, like, especially the, the just all the appliances, everything just beats them out by a mile. But what was your motivation for creating that in the first place?
1: Yeah, I mean, we definitely have a a tremendous amount of solutions that I don't think anyone else has. And, you know, even more than meets the eye, you know, you guys have have looked into this and there's a lot more under the hood that that no one uh, knows about yet or maybe ever will uh, of why this is is better and solves a whole bunch of different problems. Uh, You know, I started working on this back in 2017. My father had the idea to fold the house up to make it shippable and... We just kind of started looking at it and I started doing a tremendous amount of research on the market and the, the problems and just understanding all of that and figuring out alternative building materials. And as we went on, it just kind of got better and better. Uh, uh, we got more and more interest, more and more traction. The product just, just keeps improving as we figure out, you know, what needs to be fixed, what the problems are because there's a lot of them. Uh, and then at a certain point I realized like, wow, this has a huge upside here this this thing could be a, an absolute monster if we can in fact mass produce housing at lower costs than anyone else can can build for that's huge uh, and that will scale around the whole world and have a big kind of impact on humanity so then you know at a certain point we just said all right let's go all in on this and and then actually I moved to to Vegas to uh to get it going and then we all started working on it full time and and things are going good and uh just yesterday, we got the certificate of occupancy for our, you know, big factory, and all the equipment's in there and bolted in, and now we're going to be in there next week uh, turning everything on.
0: Wow. And then I know that I've watched a couple of the videos. I've kept up with the articles being written about Boxable, because I first found out about you, like I said, um, before the podcast was recording, maybe a few years ago, when you guys had a show, uh, and that show just demonstrated the Possibilities that I mean of course that will be implemented in the future of stacking the boxables together to make even a more of a, a bigger dwelling situation You know you can have apartments you can have all sorts of mix and mix and match type situations But I don't know. I'm sure that your head is down and working I'm sure you don't have time for to see what the people are saying about boxable But let me tell you it's super exciting everywhere you see like even the skeptics can only say you know it it might expand too quick. But, man, it's an incredible idea. It has the same potential, if not more, that Amazon had for shipping and creating, you know, uh, a marketplace for it, for for people to buy online. But this has, like, the demand is definitely there. And, again, from personal experience, I decided to hold out, and I'm going to be waiting. I put a deposit in for one of the boxables, so I'm going to be waiting for that as well. I'm excited to be able to work with that and just maybe tear down our home and build, you know, put boxables there instead in the future. But it's an incredible idea, and I know that, One thing that you have, well, there's a lot of things you guys have, but one thing you definitely have that's helping you uh, above everyone else is you have um, the father of Dogecoin, or Dogecoin, uh, (laughs) giving you guys major props. And it's uh, undoubtedly one of the biggest things that's propelled you, especially in the last couple months when it comes to uh, conversation. Man, it's exploded. Um, He's very happy with it. Does that make you, I'm not. I'm sure you're aware, but if you're not, does that make you feel great to know that even your product is being enjoyed by everyone, including someone who has such, who's very visionary, kind of like the fact that you guys are as well, you know, it's incredible. How does that make you feel like? Yeah,
1: uh, you know, it's been really great press for us and, and welcomed and it's gotten the word out a lot, um, but unfortunately I really just can't comment on anything related to that, so sorry about that. No, it's fine. All right. Well, Naki's. But I do. But I do you. own Dogecoin.
0: <laughs> Keep pumping it. I've I, I owned it too. I think everybody in this podcast owns it, except for Demonic, I think he likes his gold. that's fine.
1: You know, it's crazy. I, you know, I had a, a Bitcoin-related business back in like 2012, and I actually used to own Dogecoin back then. Wow. Um, obviously, if I still had it, it would have been, <laughs> uh, you know, pretty cool. But <laughs> I lost it. <laughs>
0: I kicked myself over selling seventy-eight thousand of them for like, you know. I think I got like two hundred and some dollars as soon as it went up to like point point zero 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 like two cents. I'm like, oh, I'm about to make some money, and I should have held on because if I would have known seventy cents was in the future.
1: Well, that's the problem with crypto and and Bitcoin. You know, like you're up on Bitcoin a hundred percent, a thousand percent, 10,000 percent. Like, what re- what reasonable person wouldn't sell?
0: <laughs> yeah. Void, did you have a question? I didn't want to.
1: Uh, so I just wanted
2: to ask. So obviously you guys are upcoming, you guys are you know projecting growth. Uh, but what was one of the real hardships starting Boxable, right? Because you, you had a vision, you you had obviously the potential, and you knew where to start. You knew Vegas is where it was going to happen, um, so you moved out there. But there's other things that you know will, will be a challenge for you. And what was one of the ones that you knew you're like, hey, what, we had to get through this, and you're better for it. I know you guys just part of your factory, maybe groundbreaking work there probably not to so being able to just do so uh you know what was that like those challenges
1: yeah well uh it's been a, a really crazy ride um you know incredibly exciting and incredibly grueling um i've been you know cranking away nonstop for years now we've had our our fair share of of issues and and crazy stuff happen and 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 breakthroughs um one thing that was really good was we originally came out with bigger a bigger house. So the first prototype we built was actually about um, fourteen hundred square foot house that folded up, and uh, then we after we d- displayed that we thought about it a little more and said, you know, let's let's start somewhere simpler, and then we had this breakthrough to do the casita uh, versus just other houses, and I think that made it more like cool and trendy and interesting. Because you know most house companies aren't that cool, but for some reason we've become really cool, and we have now more you know Instagram followers than a real house company. So that going to that kind of tiny house thing was a, a huge uh, breakthrough for us, and um, it's been crazy. I mean, just fielding the, the interest that we have has been uh, incredible. So I'm I'm basically now like on the phone all day, every day, seven days a week, morning to night. And it's been uh, so amazing, just kind of endless resources uh, pouring in, interest from all over the world. So it's great. And, you know, we we managed to to leverage ourselves into this uh, big factory, really going for nothing. Because we've only built to date just a few prototypes to prove the concept. But somehow I convinced, you know convince them to give me this big factory building and, and and all this equipment and everything and and now we're now we're starting off uh, with a pretty big operation so um, yeah we're, we have lots of you know issues along the way what one crazy thing is of course you know uh, covid and inflation has affected supply chains in a way that has never really happened since maybe like World War two or something I mean it's crazy like so pretty much all the raw materials are impossible to get all the prices are up shipping lead times are out we've got like shipping container uh ships sitting in the in the ocean waiting they can't get into port i mean every every single you know problem you can imagine has just landed on my lap doing like a hardware manufacturing startup at a time when lumber costs a thousand percent more than it did a month ago and steel's double and you can't get it and all this crazy stuff. So we've navigated around that all. And actually, I think that's been good for us as well because it incentivized me to continue the engineering and innovating on the engineering to use the, the smart design to, to lower the cost even more. And if the, if those prices hadn't shot up, I would have just sat on the previous generation and said, oh, this one's good. But now we're already on to the next generation that that we haven't even built the prototype for yet. And it's just going to be so much better um, because um, it's, it's just lit a fire under us to to accelerate that development process. So, yeah, pr- pretty cool. Um, a lot of uh, l- lucky breaks and a lot of uh, uh, you know persistence.
0: And I'm sure that it's it it must be a little confusing sometimes too because as the price goes up, it's only natural for the price of the prototype of the finished product to go up as well. But that's reasonable. Because it's, I mean, who wouldn't understand that, especially with the, as you mentioned, su- supply shortages happening everywhere in every industry, computers to cars to batteries to everything. So yeah. did, did you guys, um, I mean, it's public news that you guys have uh, closed a contract with the federal government for some housing there. Uh, the, the use of being able to have this for the homelessness crisis, for disaster relief, for military applications, for uh, suburban cities that are, Overpopulated and saturated with people, but not enough housing. The, the 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 opportunity there is great, and the demand for it is there. And uh, I'm sure that it almost feels like you need to be running behind. It's not one of those situations where you actually have product and not enough clients, but it's almost the opposite because it, it's hard to keep up with yeah. it, especially with your contracts that you've already you know finished and the 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 uh, pre-orders. I think it was like around twenty thousand, maybe or maybe 100,000 or something like that a year ago and by now i'm sure that's more than tripled i would imagine the interest is there how how do you manage it especially as you said you're you're managing a very promising startup you're having to deal with the shipping issues with the uh, just raw material problems with the um, huge amount of interest and congratulations on securing another round of funding from a start engine uh, all these things are happening how do you especially, I mean, you're young, how do you manage all that? like, how do you do that?
1: Yeah, um, you know, the the interest levels flowing in are amazing. And my, you know, goal has been, let's just capture all these leads. Let's make sure we capture everyone so we could get back to them later once we're ready with something. So yeah, that that, uh, pre-order list now has over 40,000 names on it. Uh, A lot of those names, a lot of those people don't want just one or two houses for their backyard. They want a hundred or a thousand for development, you know, plenty of big companies on that list and, and all sorts of, of stuff. Um, we, we did get this order from the federal government for nine over nine million dollars, um, which I think it w- is unusual that they would bu- they would place that order with a company that's very new and doesn't have any product and you know they knew that going into it. I, I they toured an empty warehouse building. Uh, and uh, but they still placed the order, and I think because the product is so good, that's why they wanted it. And I think it solves a tremendous amount of problems that they don't have a great solution for now. I expect the government is going to be a, a really big customer, not just the military, but uh, different, you know, government angles all over the place. You know, FEMA, uh, low income housing, you know, all 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 kind of things. So uh, really cool. We're gonna just uh, try to. Uh, carefully and tactfully navigate this, and I think that uh, once we get the production turned on and figure out, you know, how fast is it going to be and what's our uh, production schedule look like, then we're going to start reaching back out to all those interested parties and saying, hey, uh, we're ready. It looks like we can get you a house on this date, and uh, we'll we'll get it going. And then, um, you know, this first factory, we we hope it will produce about 3,600 casitas per year, Um, That's, you know, it's a big factory. It's, you know, gonna be several hundred million in revenue if we hit that number, but that's nothing in the grand scheme of housing demand that all all those houses, all those casitas could go to a couple, you know, apartment developments with a thousand units each. So as soon as I can, as soon as I prove everything that we've been claiming, I'm gonna be back out here looking to take it to the next level of scale. And that's gonna be very big and also the next level of, of factory production automation uh all that kind of stuff and where we want to end up at is where the automakers are the automakers do uh amazing stuff with with their assembly lines where they have you know robotics and um, amazing output speeds you know the 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 cool one that that i've seen on youtube is this uh ford f-150 factory video where they show all this cool stuff and then they brag that they make one truck every 53 seconds. So we think our factory will make one house every 90 minutes and that's way better than anyone else is doing. But there's no reason why we shouldn't be in the future be able to get to this level that the automobile manufacturers are at. Um, and, and and I'm surprised no one else has done it because it's such a big problem. There's such a huge need for it. And um, you know I hope that one day We we can get to that level.
0: They're small. If you don't mind me asking,
1: so
3: well, all right. So just uh, real quick, on can you like walk me through what you felt when the U.S. government came up to you and be like, hey, you know, here's nine million or however much you said, you know, for um (laughs) to build us these houses. Like, how did how did you feel? Like, what went through your mind?
1: Well, it started off. I got a phone call on I think it was on the weekend. Uh, just, you know, with a guy and, uh, he said that he, you know, uh, worked for the government and could buy this stuff. And I was just like, all right, sure, buddy, whatever you say, because I talk to people every day who are just full of shit <laughs> every day, all day. And, uh, uh, some of them, and, uh, I just expected it was another one of these guys and he would disappear. Uh, but then he came back and he was real. <laughs> and, uh, and then the first thing we did was we sat down the guys and, and had a meeting and said, can we do this? You know, um, you know, can can we do this? And, you know, we decided it was an opportunity that we couldn't pass up and uh, uh, pretty cool. There's been a lot of um, really kind of crazy moments throughout this. And that was definitely one of them.
3: That's cool. Like, does it kind of like stress you out a little bit? then like, like, Oh, now we had to like, um, now we had to like put our like feet on the fire and actually fulfill you know this contract right here and like try not messing up you know because obviously you know like you can't like do it straight you know like without a little bit of hiccups here and there but you know like does that add any more stress onto your life or you're pretty confident in your product that you're like yep we're just gonna you know start it up get them out boom uh
1: yeah it, you know it's definitely very high stress there uh but I, i'm kind of built for that and that's what i've done historically so i can i can handle it but there's, you know, a lot of responsibility here. Um and you know, as as you build a company and, and have employees, you have people kinda of counting on you because you're now, you know, their livelihood. So, you know, not just that, uh, uh the employees, now we have the the investors, um, you know, you know, we can't screw up or we're gonna let down, you know, a lot of people. So um it's uh it's it's stressful, but I enjoy it and you know, I enjoy working, so that's just what I do every day. <laughs>
0: The motley fool uh you know an investment uh, magazine uh, called you one of the top new and under undiscovered investments uh of our generation so for better or for worse you're being um you're getting a lot of great attention i think
1: i didn't know that <laughs> yeah
0: so the, they, they have you there the ipo uh is something that i think your company is going to do in the near future but they had a they had just I think a week after the uh, start engine uh, finished with a successful uh, round, they began to. They had two articles about you, and then random YouTubers that oh, I've cool. seen say that uh, you're you're sitting, you're standing on the feet of uh, something amazing, kind of like the way Elon Musk did, right? Something obvious is we're going to have to transition to electric eventually, but it wasn't easy because he had to do all the production hiccups, all the things that are. Some people um, criticize it for it, but I mean he's a new company. I, I, he's creating something from scratch, it's is going to take time to perfect. And again, he's it leagues it in, in, in the lead of any other EV company that's trying to do the same thing. I would predict that the same thing would happen, right? You're going to have some production issues here and there. But overall, it's not going to change the fact that you're, you're still not only do you have patents, but you also have the vision and the desire to create this uh, product, the best possible product possible, in order for them to have for that confidence to grow. Um, do you think, as you're seeing everything happen around you, uh, the possibility for growth, even in maybe less, this is more experimental, but the idea of maybe, you know, they're going to Mars, they're going to colonize, unless, that's the plan, that's maybe years in the future, but that's another possibility, right? But there's housing needs everywhere in the world. Uh, your company is, is it a, are you thinking of taking it in a corporate way or is it franchise? Um, it, what's what's the goal in, in that direction that you're going to take for the company?
1: Yeah, you know, that that's uh, that's pretty cool. Um, we What we're doing here has a really enormous upside. Uh, there, there's nothing bigger that I can think of. Uh, building construction is a, a, a trillion-dollar market. It's probably one of the biggest ones, you know, as a category. Um, but it's one that's very old school. And uh, what we're doing by trying to transition it into the factory could disrupt all of it, you know, because uh, I believe – almost all of it should be moved into the factory and hopefully uh we're the guys to do that so um on the money raising side we we are doing uh some some crowdfunding stuff it has been great because to date we've only really raised money from individual investors no institutional investors and we like that because then we retain control of our vision and and uh you know we don't end up with some big institutional investors kind of taking over and calling the shots so that's a, a great place for us to be. And um, what I would like to do is, you know, um, take this, take this public uh, trading on, on the stock market at some point uh, after we, we prove ourselves. And I think uh, we'll do tremendously well, because I think at that point, once the risk is gone and, and the upside is clear, people are going to recognize it. Um, we're going to need massive resources to scale this uh, the way we want to, because it's so such a big problem. Um, and we'll see, we'll see how we grow. We'll see, we'll see what we do. Um, I think for, you know, international expansion, we're going to be bringing on partners to help us with that, because I don't think I could go into another country where I'm not familiar and and do a good job. So, um, you know, we'll we'll see how it all plays out, but, um, definitely big, big potential here.
0: So I wanted to ask a few things real quickly on that topic. Um, we know that franchising things usually enables you to, to expand quickly but it makes it really hard to retain quality in in most cases um, versus being corporatized you you have you retain so much more control but is also sl- slower a little bit more sluggish because you'll need to make sure every every gears in place if you were to focus on a market like the united states for example which is what we're doing here right um, it would also make it uh, a little bit difficult because if other companies around the world, like obviously when tesla became popular china uh, India and other company, uh, other uh, companies around the world began to see that possibility of making you know huge leaps with the EV, and they began to copy it. But that's um, it, it's not the same as the original. Do you ever fear like that could happen?
1: Well, you know, one one reason why doing a kind of a franchise model to grow this might be a good idea is because I think it would stop people from ripping us off because. If if someone wants to copy it, and and uh, we say, well, you don't need to copy it. We'll just let you do it, you know. And and they'll do. They'll be able to do a better job because they'll be able to pl- plug into our system. Where all the, the hard work's done, and and the, the and the, the the setup and the outcome is all kind of known already. Um, that that might be a good way to get ahead of that, because certainly if what we're doing works, um, and other people see that, and they want it they're going to copy it and uh, it won't be as good. It'll be messed up. And uh, so, yeah, we'll see um, lo- lots of different, you know, outcomes here. And we're just going to try to make good decisions as we go forward and, and steer the, the boat to the right right place.
2: And I I, I absolutely like the fact that, you, you know, you're focusing on what potential problems you might have. You're talking about labor pools, you're a, hey franchise you know, for growth. We have international expansion. You already know what Uh, Bottlenecks you have in terms of resources and transport and you know communication, you know, you have the market pool and you know you have Growth in that option too, you know, it's a problem. That's not going to resolve itself Um, And I do appreciate the fact that you you noted out in very clear constructive ideas because one thing I know people who go into these projects idealistically and don't have a road mapped out in such a way where you can, you know, track each progress uh, don't succeed. And I think that's something that you have down packed, like, as a solution. And, that, and it reflects well, in, you know, in terms of the engineering mindset you guys have for producing this house. It, you know, it's small, it's simple, it does fill that requirement, and yet you still have expandability, which I think is something a DIY person loves. And you include that within your product that allows it to be like, you know what? You know, this is the one, the first iteration. It's simple, but you've got that expansion, which is... Um, that personalization touch you would get uh and i think that's what makes it such an appealing product uh to you i ask you know what would be the next thing because this is just over the house uh foundation what if you wanted to go like i don't know uh bunkers or some like underwater Mm -hmm. type of residential issues i mean that's the future so right the ocean is probably 70 percent of the earth's surface uh would that be something you guys might want to be like light years away hey let's do uh to up to mirrors of houses.
1: Oh, yeah, we have uh, tons of uh, crazy ideas. And there, there's so many use cases for it. Um, it's just a system where you can build many, many different things. Um, we did we did draw a houseboat uh, that I think is in the near future. Uh, we're going to throw two of them on top of each other on some pontoons and put it on Lake Mead down here in, in Vegas. So oh, yeah. maybe maybe once. Once, uh, once we have a chance to breathe, we'll do that.
0: <laughs> do you uh, think of ever, because uh, you want to retain as much control of the company as possible, but there's opportunity for merger with, again, like companies like Amazon or Tesla, maybe not losing all control, but being able to borrow engineers, logistics information to be able to expand at a faster rate with more secure, rather than, you know, than having to go into the logistics game and make mistakes. There's companies that have already done it, like the production of vehicles, like Tesla, for example. They're creating newer ways to even uh, factory-wise to produce cars. Would you ever consider that? Not that I would want you to divulge anything, but if you would you had you ever considered the idea of maybe merging with some of these, or not merging, but working together with some of these companies, that I'm right. sure would be friendly.
1: Yeah, um, value add partners like that would be amazing, and uh, I hope we're on their their radar and they're you know interested. Um, Whole bunch of different guys out there I can think of that it would make a a ton of sense. So to be able to tap into some of the resources that these companies have, I think that's, um, you know, hopefully something that that happens pretty soon. And I I really think that it's just a matter of, you know, basically the the rest of this year. And and once that factory starts turning out houses, uh, a lot of people are are going to become. A lot of significant entities are going to become very interested because you know it's it's going to be clear and it's going to be proven at that point.
3: And so before you started Boxable, um, was this like your number one like thing that you were working on? Did you have other like side projects? Like what was it that that this this idea was like the number one? And you had to like drop everything and focus on this concept that you created.
1: Well, um, actually I was um, up in Northern California. I had a large uh, marijuana farm. I had um, a hash oil processing facility and I was doing that stuff. And it was, uh, it was a lot of fun and it was pretty crazy. Um, and, but while I was doing that, kind of started working on Boxable on the side. And uh, at a certain point I just realized like, you know, uh, this, this business I have now is only gonna get me so far. Uh, the boxable is just an incredible opportunity that I've never seen something that big in my life before so I just said you know what and I took my uh, wife and kids and we moved to Vegas and uh, here we are doing this it's
3: it's crazy it's crazy to think about that you went from doing like all this uh, marijuana stuff and then like out of nowhere (laughs) like, like I said you know you have the US military like you know or the US government knocking on your door telling you like hey you know do, do this for us it's like I, I can't imagine like how um how happy you are and how it's just like what you literally went from something that you know you probably liked doing to something that's like beyond scale you know like you have a factory with no equipment in it but you're getting so many orders and you want have so many people interested in you and your product that's like I just can't fathom it I don't know how you uh I don't know how you function you know is knowing that everybody's like knocking on your door
1: they definitely are so
0: I'm being watched now more than ever <laughs> I was gonna ask you <laughs> I was gonna ask you about the uh, idea of having peripherals you know that I just um, is that something you guys planning on the long run like I know that the, the boxable ship with like a flat um, roof would the thoughts ever be there for maybe like making a triangle roof or different types that you can sell additionally rather than leaving it to contractors to make one that maybe doesn't fit well or doesn't fit to specifications that the customer wants? Or is that maybe?
1: Yeah. We, yeah. I mean, we've got a whole range of other avenues to, to make money. Um, it could even be subscription services within the house, the security system, internet, uh you know roofing systems all kind of add-ons at the at the, the cart when people are checking out um you know if we grow big enough we could probably move into other areas like maybe installations maybe dealing with permitting um there's just a, a huge amount of opportunities here right now we're just kind of trying to keep focused and make these little casitas and uh and uh, yeah
0: and for those that are listening and want to be able to invest in uh maybe uh be more hands-on and be able to give more support to uh boxable other than just being able to reserve a house um casita home they can also go on the boxable website under invest and be able to uh hopefully get somebody to reach out to them so they can see what ways they can invest is that correct or is there other ways for them to be able to do that
1: yeah exactly uh everything is on the website um they can check out the the investment options there's um all kind of, uh, uh, content out there. We have, uh, boxable.com, um, you know, YouTube videos, uh, Instagram, we're going to keep everyone, uh, updated with our progress as we go. And, and we'll keep put- putting out that content and, uh, yeah. And you can always email us hello at boxable and we'll reply pretty quick.
0: Okay. And then just, uh, two last things. I know that, um, right now your focus is on getting the factory up and going and fulfilling those uh, contracts that you already have with the government and maybe other uh, private clients. Um, when do you uh, possibly think you might have some production, um, r- well, room to breathe production-wise, in order to fulfill like reservations? If someone were to reserve this summer or this fall, um, they would approximately be looking at receiving a casita uh, maybe how long in the future, because there is a lot of interest and there's only so much you can do with what you have at the moment until you scale up. So when would they be seeing that?
1: Yeah, I, th- I would expect that we will be um, up and running pretty fast, um, ready to start uh, shipping these to the public uh, early earlier middle of, of next year. Um, after we fulfill the, the government order and get the assembly line dialed in. Awesome.
0: I don't know if you guys have any other questions uh, for Galliano before we let him go, because I'm sure he's busy and he had a long day of work and he's uh, making time for us today. So we want to make sure we ask anything that we can now before it's too late.
3: <laughs> now on my behalf, I'm happy that you came into our podcast, you know, and talked a little bit about your company. Uh, we we've been excited. Alex has been the one more excited, Alfredo. He's been like, he's been so happy when he found out we're having you on, you know, like he wouldn't stop talking about you, but thank you for being on. And I really, really appreciate it for, you know, showing us a a little bit more about, you know, your company.
1: Yeah. Thanks guys for having me. Uh, Really appreciate it. And uh, stay tuned. We'll have more exciting stuff happening soon.
0: Awesome. Everyone.
1: Well, one final thank you for me. Uh,
0: I do appreciate, you
2: know, the goal of having to tackle the, the uh, housing problem. It's It's been a concern for me ever since, you know, I knew about what a home finance is. And I think this is really a, a good optimistic solution. And there's obviously, you know, a lot of things people living in, you know, shipping containers and whatnot. But this, I feel like, is a, a, a finished product of a thought process that we've had for a while as a society. So I think this is a really good thing. Uh, I, I like the work you're doing the fact that you're already in contact with the government uh, in the March Project there's so many outlets there and it's I, I think highly optimistic of this just because I see it resolving a lot of things already in our local communities I imagine it's going to get far and wide so I appreciate your time I really do um, obviously a brilliant person working on these cool ass projects uh, and I wish you the best
1: But from the podcast we well, thank you for showing up appreciate it very nice, guys. Thanks for having
0: me. And we'll let some links there for those that are interested in learning more about Boxable. You'll have the YouTube channel in the description below. You'll have ways to get on the Boxable uh, website to invest or look up more information. They have a huge market share. Uh, they're going to be changing the world someday. So we want to make sure we keep a close eye on how, you know, the leaps and bounds that will happen in the next couple months and years. And once again, Galliano from the Preferences and References podcast, we thank you for being on and for your time.